Thank you, brother. Delight to be with you. Delight to, as I said earlier, serve and, and support the work here. Yeah, uh, I'm a pastor of a local congregation here um, in Taylor's, South Carolina. I'm married with five kids. Uh, I've been here, let's see, since 2006. And uh, I was a pastor before that for about uh, six years. So I've been in the ministry about 25 years or so. Um, and we're grateful for yeah the work of Sermon Audio and, and all that you are doing with the prayer meeting and everything else. So delighted to be with you. What I want us to do is uh, focus on three words. So we're just going to focus over the next few minutes on three words, very familiar words. Uh, they are words that our Lord himself spoke. Uh, Thy kingdom come, drawn from Matthew 6, verse 10, which obviously uh, is drawn from, from the Lord's prayer. If you look at the Lord's prayer, you'll notice there are six petitions, of course, but I want you to note the order and, and structure of, of these petitions. So the first three petitions pertain to God's interests, right? God's name, first of all, God's kingdom, secondly, God's will. And then the second three petitions pertain to man's interests. So our daily provision and uh, uh, pardon and our spiritual protection and so on. And so the first half of the Lord's Prayer is really what receives the first priority, right? The Lord begins by directing us to God and to his interests, his name, his kingdom, uh, his will. This is actually very similar by way of parallel to the Ten Commandments. So if you look at the Ten Commandments, we think of the two tables of the law, right? The first four commandments, the first table, all pertain to our duty to God. And then the, the second six, uh, or the second table, pertain to our duty to man. And so there's a similar pattern in terms of, of the Lord's Prayer. So the priority is on God's interest, which, you know, sadly reverses the, uh, the emphasis that we so often observe, at least in our own day and age. People come to prayer with a grocery list. You know, you pray for you know, so-and-so's knee surgery and a student has a test tomorrow and something at work and all those things are appropriate. We're to cast all our cares upon the Lord who cares for us. But the emphasis that the Lord gives us is on his own interests. And here we're looking at that second petition, uh, the middle one of the first three, um, thy kingdom come. So we're actually praying for the advance of God's kingdom. And as our, our little children uh, who are learning the, the Shorter Catechism can tell us, uh, this, is, this is in summary really a prayer for the destruction of Satan's kingdom, the advance of the kingdom of grace, and the hastening of, of the kingdom of glory. But we note here that, that God is teaching us he works through means, and we're, we're accustomed to that. We, we think about that, especially when it comes to preaching, which is a huge priority, right? Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of the Lord. And we know that it's through the foolishness of preaching. Paul says that, that men are saved. Jesus tells us that the word of God is like seed that is sown in the soil of men's souls and so on. But we actually have more. Here we're being told in the Lord's Prayer that prayer is a means. 
indeed, the, again, the catechism brings this out, but prayer is a means through which the kingdom uh, advances. And so it too, in many ways, prayer is like seed. We're saying thy kingdom come. We're, we're, we're sowing seeds with prayer, as it were, asking the Lord to advance his kingdom and his kingdom does come. It is the kingdom of grace is advanced in answer uh, to prayer. And so too often we, we have not, of course, because we we ask not. But this this places, doesn't it, a priority on, on prayer. And this is really corroborated. If you just stay in Matthew 6, it's corroborated in verse 33 when he said when the Lord says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, right? Well, he's already told us earlier in the chapter one of the ways that we're seeking his kingdom is by praying, thy kingdom come. And so if we're to seek his kingdom first, not second, third, fourth, fifth, but but if we're to seek it first, then praying for the advance of his kingdom is going to be underlined as a, as a biblical uh, priority. And really, this is even further corroborated in the same chapter. You don't even have to leave Matthew 6. You look earlier on in verse 6, and he talks about secret prayer, and he says, those who are engaged in secret prayer, the Lord will reward openly. So something's happening in private. We have corporate prayer, of course, like we do here. But we also have secret prayer, which is easier for some to neglect. And he's saying that that labor in the secret place, which no one can see but our Father in heaven. You know, our spouses don't see it. Our children don't see it. Elders in the church don't see it. Friends don't see it. It's between us and the Lord. That that sowing of seed there is rewarded openly. All this ties together with thy kingdom come, with the advance of, of the Lord's kingdom. So we're to, we're to pray in the vein of, of God's ways, God's ways of, of working. So how does his kingdom get advanced? Well, he sends the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit convicts the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment to come. And the Holy Spirit takes the things of Christ and shows them to us. And the Holy Spirit magnifies the Son in the hearts and minds of, of men. And so we're praying, thy kingdom come. We're praying for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit to magnify Christ, to convict sinners of, of their sin, to bring them to a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, to illuminate and enlighten their minds to the knowledge of the truth, and so on and so forth. And so this is this is really for us a matter of conscience. It's not just a matter of, well, prayer is one thing the Lord's given us. It's a good thing. Uh, it's something we should try to do, etc. No, our consciences are bound by the word of God to the priority and duty of prayer, both secret and and corporate prayer. I mean, we all know, and those in this meeting especially, you know, the words of, of Acts 6-4, where the apostles gave themselves to prayer and the ministry of the word, right? These are these are not things that, um, prayer is not something that is in any way optional. And so we're to pray, uh, thy kingdom come. And if we're seeing prayer as seed that is sown, that, that actually widens the horizon a little bit in our in our feet in our thinking. It, it actually widens the horizon to include the future. 
What do I mean by that? I mean, not just tomorrow. I mean, future generations after us, you know, beyond uh, what we ourselves will enjoy, beyond what we ourselves will see and live through, and so on and so forth. If you'll pardon one more reference to the catechism, the larger catechism in this case, uh, larger catechism 183 is asking that question, you know, for, for whom is it that we're to pray? And along with a number of other things that are listed there, it includes something easy to pass over. It includes this language. It says we're also to pray uh, for those that shall live hereafter. We're to pray for those that shall live hereafter. In other words, we're sowing seed even for the future beyond us. And this is exactly what we find in the Bible, both Old and New Testaments. You know, an example from the Old Testament would be David in 2 Samuel 7, where he's actually praying for future generations that will come after him. And we have the example of our Lord himself in John 17, right, where he is praying not only for his disciples, but it says, he says also, them which shall believe on me through their word. And he's praying for the, the future generations that are, are to come. And so this enlivens, I think, motivates, excites uh, our prayers. We're praying for the advance of the kingdom at present, but we're also sowing seed for, for time to come. And that seed sometimes sits, doesn't it? It, it appears to us to be dormant. And yet the spirit is the one who comes in and, and, and germinates that seed. And there's there's something beautiful, I think. There's something really encouragement uh, encouraging in the promise that the Lord gives us that, that at the end, right, at the fulfillment of the answers to all of our prayers, whether we're there to see some of it or not, the Lord tells us at the last day, those who sowed, and those who reaped shall rejoice together, that they'll have an equal share in the bounty and blessing and delight and reward and so on that the Lord gives to his people. Those sowing have an equal share with those who, who ended up reaping. And so we should think of our prayers in terms of this seed. We're, we're seeking above and beyond everything else, thy kingdom come, that the advance of Christ's kingdom would come, and with that, the advance of his own glory and praise, which is our chief end, and for every Christian, our chief delight. All right, thank you, brother.